Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hey, and welcome back to the show. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some works of Robert Greene, um, specifically the 48 Laws of Power, and then maybe touch on a bit of the Laws of Human Nature, uh, he also has written a book called Mastery and another one called Seduction. I have Mastery and also thought it was pretty good. It's uh, mostly about the actual process of getting good at something, uh, what the dips uh, feel like, what it feels like to run up against certain boundaries, how you have enthusiasm at the beginning. Um, and if you've ever wondered what the actual like roadmap looked like for getting good at something, I think it's a good book to touch on. Uh, the reason why I believe that the 48 Laws of Power and the laws of human nature are important is that because all of the games that we we play and then ultimately the game that you decide to play is going to involve another human at some point and when i say game i don't mean trivial i mean that everything that people do has rules whether they are written or unwritten and to function properly is to achieve success in any any particular area of life and to function improperly is to not achieve success and when dealing with people, whether or not you choose to employ any of the or all of the tactics in the book, uh, the knowledge of what other people may be doing to you, whether they're doing it consciously or subconsciously, doesn't really make a difference, is important because it gives you more tools to respond. And it's not the, the strongest that survives that people like to say, it is actually the most adaptable. So in any situation you go into, you want to be armed with as many tools as possible to get the job done. Now, any work by Robert Greene is going to be really long. Um, each chapter is going to have a lot of text, a couple of uh, anecdotal stories about how this particular law or theory was used successfully by someone in the past and then ways that you can implement it into your life. I'm going to cover some of the ones that I believe to be the most important. Now, admittedly, um, unless if you're not really trying to do anything or uh, if, you don't, if you're not rising up a ladder and you don't have any sort of competition, then a lot of this probably won't apply to you. Uh, the more power games you play, as in you and somebody else are competing for the same spot, like in a management or you're trying to climb the ranks, uh, the more important these things are going to be because you are essentially playing a political game with somebody else. And uh, like I said, you're going to be dealing with people and those things have rules. So with that, let's get started. So the first one I'm going to talk about here is law four. Always say less than necessary. Uh, too many times people try to impress people by talking, telling some braggy story or um, just going on and on and on when it's really not necessary. You want to, whenever you're explaining something to someone, or even if you're just talking about an experience that you had, you want to use the least amount of words as humanly possible. Um, the longer that you tend to go, the least impressive you appear to be. Um, it starts to look like you are trying to be impressive instead of just stating a, a fact, right? Um, it's almost like the fact that the person with the money or the person who is able to do something just sort of does it and doesn't really talk that much about it. 
Also, um, even if you did happen to know something a lot about something, let's say you're explaining something to someone in this case, uh, don't forget about the curse of knowledge or the curse of expertise. So the, the basic premise is, and this is like a cognitive bias, is that when you go to explain things to people, you take for granted all of the knowledge that you have in this subject and you do not um, approach it in a way that somebody who has zero background knowledge will be able to understand. Um, and that causes confusion. Whenever you're trying to explain something to someone, if you introduce confusion, they're just gonna throw it out. Um, and now they're not going to think like, ah, this guy just confused me, so I'm just not going to listen to anything else that they have to say. That's not what consciously comes across people's minds. Uh, but that's essentially what happens. Anybody in sales knows that you want to speak as little as possible and leave pauses in. Um, there's no need to explain everything, just the things that people need to know. And if they don't need to know, there's no need to include it, especially if we're talking about uh, any sort of political power game, which is what this book mostly deals with. But the curse of knowledge part is important. Whenever explaining something to someone, you want to do it in words, words that, you know, someone who's five-year-old would be able to understand. And do not assume that they know anything about it unless you already know that they know something about it. All right, and that brings us to law five. So much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Now, with as connected we are becoming as a world, who you are as a person, how you act when nobody is looking, um, integrity, basically, is going to be really important moving forward. Um, in fact, I feel sorry for a lot of these people coming up now because you're putting all this random stuff out on the Internet like an employer is not going to be able to find it um, in the future if they just Google your name, frankly. Uh, and it's going to be even worse for anybody doing anything in a really public like political arena um, this is also why on the dating episodes i talked about being upfront and honest with about what you wanted having a solid reputation is going to make things easier for you going forward uh, conversely being known as a cheat or a liar or someone who does not do what they're so what they said they're going to do is going to negatively impact any sort of uh, opportunity that you may have um, you know like i said before with all of these social networks the six degrees of separation concept, which is basically anyone that you want to meet in the world is only six people from you, is probably even smaller than that at these days. And you don't want something that you did in the past, whether it was leaving a job without putting in a two-week notice and like a real job, right? Not something temporary, but you just walked out and quit instead of doing the thing that you should do uh, because you don't know who people know. And you don't want anything that you did in like a, a rash moment, a moment of anger to come back and bite you in the ass um, for any other opportunities that you may want in the future. I, as somebody who used to be king of burning bridges, um, try to do less of that now. But there are opportunities that I could have had or things that I would like to apply to that I know that's because certain people are there and we've had, uh, let's just call it, bad interactions in the past or that I um, know that they know someone who doesn't really like me based on something that happened, um, that this opportunity is just not going to be something that's going to work out for me. And, you know, that's fine. I'm fine with living with things I've done in the past. But you want to keep as many of your options open as possible and maintaining a strong reputation of, uh, of being a principled person is going to make that easier for you. Uh, so ideally, you don't want to have to fix things. But if you if you start in a good place, just make sure that you keep yourself solid, right? Do what you say you're, do what you say you're gonna do, and try to leave everybody better than you left them, and you should be good on this front.
Now moving on to one of my favorites is Law 13. When asking for help, appeal to people's self-interest, never to their mercy or gratitude. Uh, this is a big one in sales, but frankly in your relationships too, because you don't want to be seen as a give to get type of person all of the time. And it is going to be infinitely easier for you to influence anybody in your life that instead of going the route of, I did this thing for you, so you should do this thing for me, because uh, people tend to resent that and then try to find ways to not pay attention or do what you ask them to do, is that in any way possible, when the person you're asking phrase the request in a way that they can see that they also get something out of it. People are motivated by self-interest, so the easiest way to get someone to move is going to be by showing it what's in it for them from the get-go. Um, mercy or gratitude are not things you're going to want to rely on uh, because, frankly, a lot of people aren't grateful for when you do things for them. And like I said before, it's going to feel bad or feel like you do things in a tit-for-tat nature if every time uh, you ask somebody for something, you do like, hey, remember this thing I did for you, so you should do this for me first. Uh, also, people aren't going to feel that they should just owe you something because you did something for them. Um, and if you did something for them with the expectation that they were going to do something for you, but you didn't make that expressly stated when you did the favor for them, then that's on you, right? Like people can't uphold a bargain that they don't know exists. If the, par if the bargain just exists in your head, uh, you're never going to get anywhere with that. So like I said, law 13, when asking for help, appeal to people's self-interest never to their mercy or gratitude. Uh, you'll go a long way with this. It just sort of is what it is. You want to work with the human hardware and software um, instead of working against what most people are like. Now, these are two that I like to combine together as sort of a cautionary tale. So you have law 15, crush your enemy totally. And then you have law 19, know who you are dealing with. Do not offend the wrong person. Now, the majority of us are not in professions where if you decide to make an enemy of someone that you're going to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, pound for pound with someone, that you can just get rid of them uh, effectively, right? You know, back in the day, you could just body some dude if you hated him that much. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where uh, people were just dueling in the streets and slapping people in the faces with gloves right? Because you just, uh, you dishonored them or something. We don't do that anymore. Um, and you're not going to get away with it. Right. So what I'd like to, to take from this, especially from, from the stories that are told on this one, which is pretty funny, is that if you cannot get rid of someone completely and in a company sense, I guess that would mean either fi being fired or moving to somewhere else. The best thing to do is to be on as much of a good side of someone as possible. Even if you are competing with them directly, you don't want to try to embarrass or demean them uh, publicly. Like it's okay to compete with them, right? Because that's what people expect. Uh, but to, to try to crush them and then leave them around in ways that they can bother you, nitpick at you, undermine you, is just going to be a pain in the ass moving forward. And because you may not know who you were dealing with before, what type of person that this person is, like if they're just gonna make it their life's mission to make things the worst as possible for you, like I mentioned before with the six degrees of separation, you don't know who this person knows and if you're going to need a favor from somebody they just happen to know in the future. So like the best thing to do if at all possible, 
is not to make direct enemies of people. If you want to compete with someone, that's fine. But um, unless you plan on killing them, which the majority of people listening to this podcast are probably not planning on doing, or if you work in some sort of uh, profession where you don't need anybody else particularly, like let's say you're a fighter and you know that if you fight this dude, you could talk as much shit as you want because you're never going to train with him and you just don't like him as a person, then have at it, right? That's the type of profession where you can get away with that sort of stuff. In fact, I would say most athletic professions, you can get away with that sort of stuff. Uh, when you go to the corporate world and everything is just sort of done collaboratively, uh, making enemies is going to make your future roads really hard. And the smaller the community you're in, the more imp- important it is to be cool with as many people as possible. If there's only so many jobs, you can almost guarantee that somebody you pissed off is going to know the person that's hiring. So just be careful and uh, try to keep those emotions in check. It's okay to feel angry, uh, but nine times out of 10, the choice that you make while being pissed off is going to be a brash one or rash one. Not really sure uh, (laughs) what word is the better word to use there. Let's go with rash. A rash decision that you don't want um, to have impact on you long-term over something that you would not have done under a cooler head, right? This is why we talk about meditating and keeping your stress level down. So that way, when you feel those emotions rise up, you don't just act immediately and then have to regret what you've done. Law 23, concentrate your forces. Uh, Too many times you see people try shit and they are just all over the place. They wanna dabble in a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, Intensity is going to beat spreading out your energy every single time. Uh, Whenever you try to learn something new, it's going to be fun at first and then you're always gonna hit that little dip in the middle where uh, like you're sort of at the edge of your knowledge from like the beginner shit that was really easy to learn and the medium stuff that's going to take concentration and splitting your energy across a bunch of different paths is just going to make it that much harder for you to get done what you need done. And in fact, the harder of a task that you are trying to do, the more important it is is going to be that you really focus on it. Um, if when, whenever something is important, you wanna make sure you focus on it and you spend all your energy on that and then move on to something else and then put all of your energy into that. Uh, This is why it's important to uh, sort of segment your life out into what you actually give a shit about and go hard on the stuff that you actually give a shit about. And the stuff that you don't care about, you don't care about. So you could delegate it to something else. You can just not do it. Um, But it's good to know where where things are for you and hierarchy for yourself. So that way, when people are talking, you can say that, oh, well, that's not really important to me because these things are. So you let these other things go. Uh, this also lets you um, makes it easier for you to let things slide that are really not that big of a deal if something is not that important for you. Uh, for example, let's say that you work a job and the job pays your bills, but it's not the most exciting thing in the world to you. But in your off time, you're either like working on programming or you go to school or you're, you're learning a skill that you want to use in the future and some shit that you're actually passionate about. So like if your boss is sort of annoying one day, there's no reason to take anything at the job that you're just sort of doing until you get to where you want to be super seriously because that is not where your real focus is. That's just something that you're doing to get by, right? So remember what's important for you and those things that are important. You want to put a ton of focus and energy on those things and make them priorities. You don't want to flitter about 
and disperse your energy among a bunch of different shit and never really make any progress in any of these areas. Here come another two laws that I like to put together, which are law 28, interaction with boldness, and law 29, plan all the way to the end. So most definitely on anything that's important to you, take the time to think through what could happen in scenario A and scenario B and all of the different countermeasures and ways that you would adapt as much as possible, right? Um, unfortunately, no plan survives contact with the enemy and it is impossible to plan out your entire life in a way that you're going to absolutely know what's going to happen. So you have to be good with uh, the unknown, right? That's just a part of life. But once you are done planning, it is time to get after it. You don't have step, right? You interaction with boldness. You don't go, well, you know, maybe if I just sort of do it. And then if it, if it works out, you could feel that. If so if it doesn't work out, you could feel like you didn't really try that hard anyway. That is a loser's mentality, uh, frankly. And no one respects a half-ass uh, approach to anything. It's better to not do it at all. Um, like a half-assed approach up to a woman is going to get you rejected every single time. Any decision that you make, you need to commit to it and put real effort behind it uh, before quitting, right? Like you decided that this was important, you've made a plan, and now it's time to put, uh, you know, boots on the ground and wherever meets the road. Look at all these cliches I'm using. But uh, the, the point I'm trying to get across is that once you get you have a plan in place it is time to work that plan and continue to work that plan until either a um you decide that you didn't want the goal anymore wasn't what you thought you didn't like the process which is fine feel free to pivot or b um you know you make adjustments based on what's happening there's no such thing right as oh i don't want to do this wrong so then i'm just not going to do it at all uh, you're not in school anymore and as long as you've planned for the downsides you're not taking giant risks that you can't manage. Um, making a quote unquote mistake is always going to be better than not doing anything because now you have new information. And with this new information, you can make a better choice in the future. Um, and by the way, choosing not to do something is making a choice and that's just choosing your status quo. So if you don't like what you like, doing something, anything that is going to move you in one direction or another is always going to be better than doing nothing. Law 34, be royal in your own fashion, act like a king to be treated like one. Um, and I think this is a good reminder for anyone who has been working on themselves for a while, um, is to remember that the, the you remember all of this shit that you used to do um, and how you've had all these negative experiences and now you have positive ones, but the people that you meet only know the version of you that you are presenting. So if you've done a work on a lot of work on let's just say social skills and now you're really good in a certain area or in sales um you need to act with confidence there's no reason to behave in a way that you're like oh i didn't used to know what i was doing and now i do know what i'm doing you don't need to include all this random information for people just show up bold and ready to go uh, basically act like you belong there act like you've been there before and people will just respond in kind um, you don't need to be perfect but as long as you can appear like you know what you're doing a lot of people are just going to roll with it um, especially if they don't have any any sort of better ideas so the important thing here is that anything you want you need to act like you have gotten it before like you deserve it the moment that you start to doubt that you were worthy of something 
or you give people the impression that you feel that you're not worthy of something or that you do not belong, um, that is when the the fangs are going to come out, right? So do not uh, show weakness for no reason. And I don't mean weakness as in like emotions or weakness. I mean, they don't just doubt yourself because you feel like some adult is going to come along or somebody really knows what they're doing. Uh, the secret is that no one really knows what they're doing. And we're all just sort of making things up as we go along. Um, and don't take it too. So don't take life too seriously. Uh, just you, you've, you've practiced, you've learned the skills, you know what you need to do. And now is the time to do it. So let's just act like you belong in whatever position that you're in. Um, this also brings me to something as a side note, anything that you have currently, you deserve it. You don't have to, and even if somebody gave you some money, like you inherited it, you deserve that money. If you didn't deserve it, you would not have it. Now you may lose things because you don't understand the principles behind a certain subject, but you don't need to feel unworthy of something or that you should have worked harder or that, uh, you know, like I have a connection and that's how I got this job. Fuck all that nonsense. If you have something, it is because you deserve that thing. Feel good enough to have that thing and move on. This is, this comes to positions, promotions, the rest of it. Um, imposter syndrome is a thing. There are times when I feel like I shouldn't be able to do things. Um, but you have to remember that that voice is dumb and it's not true. If you have it, it's because you deserve it. Uh, you don't need to sabotage yourself or throw things away uh, because you got something and you feel like it didn't have, it wasn't as hard as you thought it was going to be, so you don't deserve it. If you have it, you got it, it's yours, congratulations. Uh, try not to fuck it up. Okay, so the first of the last two that I'm gonna talk about here is law number 38, think as you like, but behave like others. Uh, this is another one that's gotten me into trouble in the past. There is, first of all, there's never a need to argue uh, with a superior or frankly, even a teammate about the way something should be done when you just have the ability to go out and do it. Um, people really just want to feel right and confronting them in front of a group is just going to make the majority of people dig in their heels instead of seeing that they could be wrong and there could be a better way of doing it. Um, so if there is a way for you to just go out and do it and then like bring the results back, that is always going to be easier, show rather than tell, uh, because then people have to argue with the results, right? And if your way is better, uh, then you can come upon that while doing it. If it's something that you just think should be better, but it's something that people have already tried and that's why they don't do it that way, you may indeed find out the way that they were doing things before is the way that things should be done. But also, if you're just a cog in the machine, um, be, the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease right. That's another cliche. But if you cause problems and you're not going to be a cohesive uh, team player, a member of that unit, um, eventually you're going to find yourself replaced by someone who is willing to be a team player and a member of that unit. And by the way, this is fine if you're in a position, a company, a group where you don't fit because they do things in a way that you think is stupid because it's ineffective. Well, then you need to move on uh, to somewhere else where you're going to be uh, given the latitude, that freedom that you need to make decisions in a way, uh, to experiment in a way that's going to make you happy. If being able to experiment at a job is something that's going to be uh, super important for you. And the last one I'm going to talk about here is Law 47. Do not go past the mark you aim for. In victory, learn when to stop. So you've come up with the plan and you've been going hard on that plan and you finally made it to what you felt like you've wanted. 
Um, congratulations, take some time to absorb the moment. You've worked for this, uh, but it is important not to continue without taking the time to replan, regroup, and sort of create a new power base with where you are at now. Uh, the problem is that people get on a roll in a certain direction and they're like, well, I can just grab this too while I'm at it. Um, and actually you can't, right? Like you didn't plan for this. Now, instead of like the way that you've made it up the ladder or the way that you move forward in life was a methodical sort of, okay, I'm going to go from A to B to C and we've planned this out and we know where we're going. Then once you go, once you leave from that, you end up in a pure improvisational space. And if that is not a strength for you to just operate in pure chaos, um, any sort of results that you have are going to be either really hard to get or they're just going to be negative ones, frankly. Once you hit the mark that you were looking for, take some time to regroup. Don't just rush on to the next thing. Um, now, obviously, we didn't cover all the laws in this book because it's giant, but and the ones that I skipped are less applicable um, unless you're playing power games with people. Um, I still think that they are important to know, and this is uh, one of those books that's a pretty good audible read, so you can listen to maybe a law or two on the way to and from work. But um, like I said, it is important to know the games that people would try to play with you especially if you're dealing with a manipulative person so you don't fall into those traps and sometimes um using something like okay let's say that despise the free lunch law so i'm not going to take something from free from you because one we're not friends and generally when people give you something like that they're trying to obligate you to give in return uh, fun fact there's studies that's why people give shit to you for free right samples increase people's uh willingness to buy even if they were not going to buy their product before or like if someone is um, asking you for a donation and they'll give you something free like oh here's a flower by the way would you mind donating to this cause uh you are going to be more likely to donate and feel like you need to reciprocate uh, if you took something for free from somebody first and then they ask you for something in return. Now, obviously, this isn't saying that never take anything from someone um, because, you know, you and your friends may like buy each other lunches or whatever. But just be careful when taking things uh, that are quote unquote free from someone. All things have a cost associated. It may not just be in a monetary upfront cost. Um, anything that has value is generally worth paying for. Um, and with that, I love you guys. I'll be back next week with uh, talking about Iron John, a book that is near and dear to my heart. Um, until then, I love you guys. Be good to each other. And I'll see you. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E, mp underscore podcast see you next time